0: That's a great uh, song to start preaching on, just give me Jesus. And uh, it's a joy to be here this morning, and just thinking through my relationship with Friendship Baptist Church started uh, when, we were, when I was in high school, and uh, we'd actually come when the building was across the way, and, and uh, we, we sang a, a musical here when I was in, uh, was in high school. And then, uh, of course, uh, coming out here to help... Uh, with some different egg hunts and different things, coming out here to support Chad, as uh, as uh, he he has uh, preached over the many years, and so um, and I just uh, it's it's great to be here this morning. And I, I don't know about you, but man, this year it's January 26th. Can you believe that? This year has gone by quick. Just the other day, I was taking one of my sons to school, and he said, "Dad, this year has gone by fast." And I'm like, "Yeah, it just seemed like yesterday we were opening up gifts." You may have been making New Year's resolutions, and now's the time that everybody's breaking those New Year's resolutions, all right? And I was talking to a guy a couple of days ago, and he was telling me, uh, he, he owns a gym, and he was just telling me that, uh, you know, his gym has been packed uh, because people were coming to, uh, to, you know, make those New Year's resolutions. And so, uh, just uh, with, with that, um, I know that the fitness industry really enjoys this time of year uh, because, just like I said, the, the guy with the gym, it's packed. A lot of people do a lot of things to try to fulfill uh, those New Year's resolutions. And so there's a lot of crazy different types of fitness gadgets that people buy. And if you have bought one of these, I apologize, I don't mean to offend you. Uh, but one of those, the first one, is, is called the, the Hawaii chair. And so I don't know if there's a picture of the Hawaii chair, but basically you sit in the chair and you rotate like you're at a luau. And it just, uh, you sort of sit there and it rotates your body. And supposedly it helps firm your uh, midsection up. I don't know if that works or not, but I do know that you have to probably go to the restroom a lot if you sit in that, uh, in that chair quite a bit. So uh, the next is the shake weight, and uh, it's, it's one of those devices, same type of thing, supposed to firm you up. It didn't work for Willie, and I don't think it's going to work for us either. Uh, And then also the walk station. This is not a bad idea, especially if you are in an office and you're at an office all day. You have a treadmill, and uh, you've got your computer, your workstation, and it combines two things that people enjoy the most, work and exercise, right? And so just add a dentist in there to fill a cavity, and you'd have the triple, triple play right there. And then the last thing is we look at is uh, this is the treadmill bike. And so it's half treadmill, half bike, and maybe uh, 100% dumb. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, those are just some gadgets that people have bought to try to fulfill those New Year's resolutions to get in shape. And today we're going to talk about getting fit. And I'm not talking about getting fit physically, but getting fit spiritually and our focal passage today is in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and also in Mark chapter 12. And if you have your Bible, I want to ask you to turn in that passage. If you have the Bible in front of you, uh, that's on page 178 and 1005. And uh, as you're turning there, I'm going to ask you to stand as we read God's Word uh, this morning. But we'll be in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 6 beginning in verse 4. It says... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And these are the words that I command today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them uh, when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And then if you would turn to, in the New Testament, Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, and that's on 1005. You have the Bible from uh, the pew in front of you. Uh, Mark chapter 12, and we will be in verse 29. It says, Jesus uh, answered. Uh, When he was asked what the greatest commandment was, and he said the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Please join me as we pray. God, we thank you that we can open up your word this morning. And, Father, I pray that you would speak to us here today. Father, may our hearts be open to what you want us to hear. And so, Father, I pray that we be receptive uh, to that. Lord, your presence is welcome here in this place. And, Father, I pray for Chad this morning. pray for Chad and Danny. And, Lord, I pray that uh, as they are coming back, uh, Lord, that uh, as they've been on vacation, Lord, I pray that you have refreshed them. Lord, that you have rejuvenated them. And Lord, thank you for, uh, Lord, just Chad and, and his, uh, Lord, just surrender to you to preach the gospel. And Lord, I pray for Friendship Baptist. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to use them to reach this area of Collin County for your glory. And so, Father, bless our time here. Lord, may, Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, our God. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And God, all God's people said Amen. You may be seated. The first passage of Scripture that we read this morning is known as the Shema. And the Shema is the Hebrew word for the word hear. And so that was the first word in the passage that we read. Hear, O Israel. And this Shema is essentially the creed for the Jewish people. It's the first passage of Scripture that young Jewish children would learn. It's the passage of Scripture that uh, they say, they still say, twice a day. And uh, it it sums up the essence of the Jewish religion. And every Jew possessed a copy of the scripture with the command to read and to teach them. And Jesus learned, and he knew the Old Testament. And as a young Jewish boy, we see in Luke chapter 2, as a 12-year-old, it says that he uh, impressed, he amazed the, the religious teachers there in the synagogue with his asking of questions and with his learning. You see, Jesus was a learner. And then in Mark chapter 12, as we read, when, he was at, when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he replied, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. something that they knew. It was the Shema that they had already uh, had, had heard and, and they had already been quoting. It's something very familiar to it. But as, as in many Old Testament commands, Jesus adds a little bit to it. He adds one word to, to, um, to this, uh, the Shema. He added the word mind. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You see, Jesus loved the Scriptures. And if you go and and look at all the the passages that Jesus referenced uh, in the New Testament, he he referenced Psalms, he he referenced Deuteronomy, he referenced uh, Exodus and Isaiah, and he really referenced every uh, book in the Pentateuch and also a lot of the prophets. Jesus loved God with his mind. And Jesus knew that our mind is what controls our actions. And when we have God's Word in our mind, our actions will follow. It will be reflected in our lives. And study have shown when a person removes the lies of the enemy and Satan and focuses on Christ, uh, they have a healthier brain. And in his book, The God-Shaped Brain, psychiatrist Timothy Jennings writes that brain research shows how our beliefs affects our mental, our physical, and also our spiritual health. He says that when people understand God as good and loving, uh, and the, the result is that they flourish. And when a person meditate daily on God's Word, His kingdom of love, and also His works of creation, the brain can adapt, it can rewire itself, and to heal from the pain and suffering caused by misconceptions about God. In John 14, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. So how do you and I know God's commandments? How do you know what God's will is, what he desires for you to do? Well, it's simple. We've got to know his commandments by his word. We've got to get his word in our mind. Uh, we've got to get our wor- his word in our hearts, and we know his desires from reading the word. And if we love God, we will read his word. Romans 12 says that do not be conformed any longer by the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what, of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You may have heard this phrase before, that says, "Watch your thoughts." they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. The creator of the universe, he made you, he made me, and he knows uh, really how everything is supposed to function. He knows that the mind is the battleground uh, for our words and for our actions. And the enemy Satan knows that if he can capture our thoughts, then he can capture our life and our actions. Dr. Daniel Amon has done extensive research on the brain, and his research indicates that our overall mind state has certain flavor largely based upon the types of thoughts that we think. When we have negative thoughts, and it really impacts the limbic system, which controls our emotions. And he labeled this ANT, which is an acronym for Automated Negative Thoughts. And every thought you have sends electric signals throughout every cell in your brain. And when your mind is filled with negative thoughts, it affects your limbic uh, system, which causes irritability, it causes depression, and it causes moodiness. And uh, Dr. Daniel Ammons uh, basically states that teaching yourself to control and to direct thoughts in a positive way is one of the most effective ways that we can feel better. And I believe that as we look at that research, Dr. Daniel Amon is just reflecting what God uh, said in his word. In in Philippians chapter 4, says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, and if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, what does he say? Think. Think about these things. And when we open up God's Word, either I know that some people uh, aren't strong readers. You know, the great thing is we live in a day where we have technology that can read God's Word to us. And so if we're not a strong reader, we can get God's Word into our mind, either through reading or through listening or even having someone read to us God's Word. And loving God with... means loving him with everything that we have, including our mind. God desires that you and I love him with everything that we have. He created us for fellowship with him. We were created by him. We were created for him. And if we love him, we will spend time with him. Paul also writes in 1 Corinthians, he says, for who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? He says, but we have the what? The mind of Christ. And when we read the Bible, we are spending time with Jesus himself. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so today there's only one message point, and uh, that, that message point is this. If you love God, spend time with Him. Say that with me. If you love God, spend time with Him. It's been almost two years ago that Billy Graham went home to be with the Lord. And I, I don't know about you, I, I enjoy listening to some of the old uh, Billy Graham crusades. And it doesn't matter what decade it was from, it's from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, or early 2000s. I enjoyed listening to. To, to, to Billy Graham preach. And uh, really, it doesn't matter if you listen to something from the 60s or from uh, the 90s, it was the same message. You see, Billy Graham's message was timeless because God's Word is timeless. And it was a simple message that God loves you, uh, God sent Jesus to die for you, and you must respond to Him uh, by, uh, by repenting of your sins and making Him Lord and Savior of your life. And In his uh, last public interview, I want to read you this. It says, I have been praying that we might have a spiritual awakening, but I don't think that's possible um, only as individuals surrender their lives afresh and anew to Christ and live the Christian life wherever you are. He said, first, we do everything we can to follow in the steps of Jesus. We're to live a life in which we love one another, we help one another, we live according to what Jesus lived and taught. Says the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us live that new lifestyle, which is the one of love, gentleness, and patience, and all these things that are the fruit of the Spirit. And he said, secondly, read His Word daily, the Bible. I know it's difficult, but you need to start somewhere. And I suggest that you start with the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Start with the very uh, first verse in the beginning, God. And he, uh, and study those passages. And then he says, third thing, go to your knees and pray until you and God have become intimate friends. I cannot describe to you the joy and the peace that he gives to you as a result of the daily routine that you have in prayer. He says this, and he ends with this. He says, if God's people would simply do these three things, we would have a great spiritual awakening and revival in our land. And today, if you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, today is the day to do that. I've known people over the years who attend church, they, uh, they're very uh, faithful in attending, uh, but they have never had that relationship with God. Some of them even serve, and uh, they, they serve in the church, uh, but, uh, but they have never come to a point where they have placed their faith and trust in Jesus. And that may be you today. You may be here, you may be faithful to coming, but you have never come to a point in your life where you've asked Christ to be Lord and Savior of your life. You see, it's as uh, simple as the ABCs. One, you've got to admit to God that you're a sinner. And then B is believe that Jesus is God's son. And then C is confess that he is Lord and Savior of your life. And that's, that's the simple way to come into a relationship with God through Jesus. That, it's that love relationship. And if you've never done that, that's the, the best thing uh, that you can do today. And, and make sure you take care of that before you leave here. And if you have a relationship with God, if you have done that, if you have done those ABCs, it could have been a year ago, it could have been uh, 10 years ago, or, or 50 years ago, it doesn't matter. We still have to love God with everything that we have. And loving God with our mind is just a fourth of the way that we can love God with, with everything. You must love God with everything that you have, including your mind. Because we see, said our main point today was what? If you love God, then what? Spend time with him. You see, faith is not mindless. Faith is mindful. When you come into a relationship with God, the Bible says in John 1.12 that you are a child of God. You are in the family of God. And it is a relationship. God has made you right before God. It's a process of what's called justification. And then the sanctification part is you and I becoming more and more like him. And just as you may resemble your earthly father, when we come into relationship with God, we are to resemble our heavenly father uh, through our words and through our actions, and we begin to resemble him. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, he says, "'Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure.'" You know, the Bible says we're to work out our salvation because God works in us. We have to know his word to know what pleases him. And then in 1 Timothy 4, uh, Paul writes this. He says, rather train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And then in 2 Timothy 2, it says, do your best to present yourself as a worker unto God, as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. You see, loving God is a verb. It's an action that you and I have got to do. Uh, I don't know if some of you may um, like DC Talk back in the day, uh, 80s, late 80s, 90s, any DC Talk fans? Yeah, maybe one or two of you. I'm, I'm, I'm one. So, uh, but there was a song that they had called Love, is a verb. And uh, and so of course they're they're not uh, a band anymore, but I still love to listen to their music. But love is a verb and and if you notice the action words that Paul used here, he talked about working out, he talked about training, and he talked about rightly handling the word of truth. Because we said today, if we love God, what? Spend time with him. If you love God, spend time with him. And that, that involves work on your part. And uh, just as we have read these passages, it, it, uh, it, it involves some work. If you've ever been in a relationship, you know that it takes some work, it takes some dedication, it takes devotion. And developing that relationship takes some time. It takes some sacrifice. And uh, I remember when my wife and I were dating, I lived in Justin. And she lived in Abilene. It was a two and a half hour uh, time frame uh, distance between us. And so there would be often times that we'd talk on the phone or we'd email back and forth and uh, we'd do different things like that. And, I, and then I would go out and see her either. I'd drive out there late on a Thursday or early Friday morning, come back late Saturday night so I'd be back in church for Sunday. And so you know I did that because I, wanted, I loved her. I wanted to develop that relationship with her. And you know it required effort on my part, you know it wasn't burdensome. it wasn't something that I said, okay, I went and saw her that's a check check right there. you know it wasn't something that I did. No one forced me to go see her. I did that on my own. it wasn't a, a burdensome thing. it's something that I enjoyed. It was tiresome. you know I was tired, but you know what it was something that was was worth that and you know I, I think back through that you know that two and a half hours uh, that time frame the distance between us, I thought that was difficult then but Man, now with four kids and school and activities and work, all that, it's, it's even harder now to find time uh, with her. And so, you know, there's some other things too. You know, I, I still have emails from Renee when, uh, when, when we used to communicate when we were dating. And then, you know, I've got different letters from my kids that uh, when I've gone out of town. And, uh, you know, I keep these because I treasure these. And, you know, I was, as I was thinking that uh, upon those, those things, the letters and the emails, you know, I thought, how much more should I treasure God's word, his love letter to us, and read those over and over again. You see, showing God your love through your word, uh, through his word, it does require effort. You know, and that effort is not to be burdensome, it's not to be tiresome, but it's to be something that, that, that we do because we love him and because he loved us First, And so Paul relates the, the physicality of getting in God's word to, to working out, to training, and then also as a workman who handles the word of truth. And so, you know, we have to train to be godly. We have to train to be more and more like him. And why do we have to do that? Because the Bible says that you and I have a sinful nature. We have a, a sinful nature that is at work against us. And so we have to grow in our relationship with God. And we have to be a workman who rightly handles the word of truth. And if you have a relationship with God, God saved you and made you right with him. And it's by grace that all of us have been saved. Christ changes our heart. It's nothing that we have done. It is Christ that has come into our life to, to change us and to give us a new life. And so if we have that relationship, we've got to put uh, force some effort in order to develop that relationship. And it requires discipline. Just as, uh, you know, some of the other things, training involves discipline. Your relationship with God requires discipline, and it's not anything to be burdensome, but it's something that we should enjoy because of our love for the Lord. And God has given each one of us the same amount of time. We have uh, 1440 minutes each day. We've got 168 hours each week, and we give our time to the things that we love and how much more do we need to give God the time in, in reading his word and listening to his word and getting his, uh, his word into our mind? In the Bible, there are two words for the, the word for power. The first is dunamis, which you may have heard dynamite. And so dunamis power is something that, that uh, really uh, that, that goes beyond our natural ability. And then there's another word for power. It's called exousia. And that is the power of doing or not doing. And so if you think of this, weightlifters, they do that dunamis power by lifting a lot of weights. But then they do the exousia power by working out every day and training. And they show that commitment to train each and every day. And so you and I have to have that exousia power to get in God's word every day. You know, it's a a choice that you and I make. You know, we either do it, or not do it. And, and so we need to pray for that exousia power for you and I to be in God's Word every day. It's the willpower that you and I need to have. And so as we look at this, why, why is God's Word, why is that daily consumption in God's Word important to us? Well, the first thing is that you and I were created by God. We were created for God. He desires fellowship with you and I. And when we learn from what He desires from us, uh, we, we can only learn that through His Word. And 1 John 3 says, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and, and in truth. And when we have the truth of God's word in our minds, we show uh, him love through, through the things that, that we do, our actions. And so if you don't know God's word, how can you show him what he wants, what, his, what he desires from you? And so when we know God's will, when we have God's word in our mind, uh, we can accomplish what God desires for you and I to do. And then the second thing is the Scripture is a mirror. The Scripture is a mirror. And, and in James chapter 1, James writes this, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at the natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he looks like, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and uh, perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And so when you and I look at god 's word, we see uh, what he desires, we see uh, really reflection of what we 're supposed to be, and we can see those areas where uh, we're, that are not like christ and and so we've got to ask god hey god take this area from me make it look more and more like you and you know this morning and may not look like it but i fixed my hair in the mirror okay and so uh, it may not just i did just trust me but you know you probably did too you probably stood in front of that mirror this morning uh to get ready for today but each day, you and I need to, to open up God's Word to be a, have it a mirror in our lives and, and ask God to take away those things that aren't of Him. And so uh, the second reason is to, because God's Word is a mirror. The third reason is that uh, we need to know God's truth. We know God's truth. And, you know, there are many times that the enemy pours out lies to you. He pours out lies to me, and it gets our, in our minds and affects our lives. It affects how we live. And Jesus said in John 8 that, that Satan is the father of lies. He's, he's a liar. He's the father of lies. And then in John 10.10, 10, Jesus also said, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And I had the opportunity to play football at Baylor. And uh, I know that doesn't look, look that way. We, we got rid of our leather helmets and uh, when I was playing and we got uh, some other... But uh, I had a friend of mine actually send me this picture a couple months ago. I'm on the far left, and uh, and so uh, my last year of playing, I, I, I got hurt, so I missed my last year of eligibility. I, I was a student coach, and so the graduate assistant and I, we would break down film every every week for the next week's opponent. So we watched three game films. We watched their offense. We would put in their formation, the down and distance, what the play was, the result of the play, all that kind of good stuff, and so when Sunday rolled around and the coaches were preparing uh, for the game plan for that week, the defensive coaches would come and just hit that button and it would print out all their tendencies and it was on a dot matrix printer. anybody remember that? Yeah, okay, so uh, anyway, that's how long ago that was. They did have computers back in that day uh, but but anyway, they would really print out the tendencies to get ready for the, the opponent for the next week. And you see, God's Word shows us the tendencies of the enemy. We know God the truth of God's Word uh, when we get in there, and we, we, we can see the lies that the enemy has for us. And we know God's ways versus the enemy's ways. And, you know, for instance, when the enemy tells you you're not worthy, you may have heard, heard that today, you may have uh, felt that this morning or, or this week, but, you know, when you get in God's Word, you know that's from the enemy himself. You know that your heavenly Father knows, loves you. And uh, we know what God's Word tells us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so uh, we know the, uh, the tendencies of the enemy when we get in God's Word, and we can combat that with the truth of his Word. And so how do we do that? How do we get God's Word into our mind? I think there's uh, three three ways to do that. I know there's probably more, but the three main ways. The first is we have to spend time daily in His Word. We have to spend time daily in His Word. We've got to get a time, we've got to get a place, we've got to get a plan. And, uh, and so it's, it's a date with God. And some of you may remember dating. It may have been a little bit longer for you uh, than some. Uh, but, you know, when you, uh, men, when you were dating, you usually asked them, called them up on the phone uh, your, your date and asked them to go somewhere with you. Um, or you saw them in person, you asked that, and then uh, you made a plan. You had reservations. You did something. You, you did that. And then you also you carried it through. You went and picked them up and, and uh, went on your date. You, you had all that uh, just to, for that special time. But it's the same thing with God. It's making a date with God. We've got to find a, a, a time. And uh, schedule that in your day, wherever that may be. Some people are morning people. Some people are evening people. But whenever is the best time for you, schedule that time with God. And then also uh, get a plan. Uh, There's a plan that I believe if you go on your uh, sheet, uh, maybe when you got it, there's a a link to uh, the website, and you can go on the church's website, and there's a plan already laid out to help you read through God's Word and so that's a plan. But then, and then also just get a place as well. And I recommend getting away from your bed, okay? Uh, because usually when you're doing that, you, you will fall asleep pretty easy. But, uh, but anyway, find a place, find a time, and find a plan. And that's the best way to get God's Word in your mind. The second thing is find someone to help keep you accountable uh, to His Word. And You know, I I work out physically uh, five times a week or more, somewhere in there. But uh, one of the key ways for me to work out, the best way I could work out is just showing up. Okay, that's half the battle, right? Just getting up and getting there. I work out at 5.20, uh, usually in the morning. And so some of you didn't know there were two 5.20s on the clock. There's an a.m. and there's a p.m. Uh, But but it is early. And so, you know, there are times I may not want to go. Uh, but, you know, there's uh, usually it's uh, a guy by here, Stephen, is usually at the gym waiting on me. And so I know he's going to be there. I'm going to get up and go. And it's just the same is true if you have someone to help keep you accountable in God's Word, to read God's Word, and to, to uh, help help you with that. And so find somebody to help keep accountable. And then the third thing is to apply God's Word to your life. Apply God's Word to your life. And, you know, God... Uh, Doesn't want you just to read his word just to get a lot of, of head knowledge of him. He wants you to live out what you learn. You know, a lot of, a lot of times we go to Bible study, we go to worship, uh, we, you know, Sunday school or personal devotions, and we get a lot of head knowledge of God. But we've got to live out what God has called us to do when we read his word. We've got to respond to him when we read his word. And one of the best applications that I have found is, is the word space. And, uh, and so it's an acronym uh, for this, and it's uh, I think in your outline as well. But uh, space helps me apply God's word to my life. But the S is there a sin that I need to confess? So after I've read scripture, you know, whatever I've read, you know, is there something that I need to confess to the Lord? Uh, the, the P is is there a promise that I need to claim? is there a promise that I need to claim. I know sometimes that when you read God's word sometimes we have doubts about our salvation, but in Romans chapter 10 verse 13, you know, he, he solves that. He says, "Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." You know, that's that's sometimes we have doubts on that, but that's a promise that you and I can claim. If we have a relationship with God, we are saved. And then uh, A is is there an attitude I need to change? Is there an attitude I need to change? And then C is there a command that I need to follow? Or is there an example I need to obey? And so loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and our strength. And a fourth of the ways, loving God with all of our mind. You see, God desires that we fill our minds with his word. And let me encourage you uh, to to determine in your heart that you're going to do it and get started. You know, you take time to strengthen your physical health by going to the Gym, G-Y-M, but I want to encourage you to take time to uh, strengthen your spiritual life by going to the gym, the G-E-M, of God's Word. You know, it may be difficult at first, but my prayer is that you will fall in love with the author that causes you to read his words. And you know, when I was growing up, we used to sing a song uh, in preschool. You may have sung it uh, when you were smaller. Uh, It's a simple truth. And uh, it's, it's a message that can have a great impact on our mind and our lives. And I want you to sing it with me. It's uh, the song, Jesus Loves Me. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So today's point, if you love God, Spend time with Him. Fill your mind with His love. Today, I don't know how you need to respond to to God, but uh, if if He's spoken to you, you've got to obey Him. I don't know, you may have come into this, this room, as we talked about a while ago, and never placed your faith and trust in Jesus. Today's the day that you can do that. As I said a while ago, it's easy as the ABCs. Admit to God that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is God's Son and confess that He is Lord and Savior. Of your life, And that's, uh, that's how you enter into a relationship with God. So some of you, it may, you may be here and you, you need to do that today. Uh, some of you may be here and, and respond to God by saying, hey, I need to commit to studying God's Word. I need to commit to having a daily time with Him. But then also you may be here and looking for a church home. And, uh, and so you can join this church. You need to have a, a place where you can be filled with God's Word, get some people around you to help encourage you. In that, And so however you need to respond today, I want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I want to ask you to respond to his word. And that may be, like I said, coming forth and talking to somebody about and trusting Christ or joining this church. It may be just sitting there and uh, committing your, your time to, to, to spend with him and loving him with everything that you have. So let's pray. Father, we love you, and Lord, we thank you for the truth that's found in your word. And Father, I pray that today, Lord, if if we love you, if we have that relationship with you, Father, I pray that we'll commit to spending time with you. Father, thank you for a relationship we can have with you. Lord, it's not a religion. It's not something that we have to do. It's not something that you force us to do, but it's something that we can do, um, uh, Lord, because we love you. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for us so that we can live. And so, Father, I pray that, that uh, Lord, we would respond to you today. And, Lord, may we bring you glory in all things. And it's the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said.